All right. Welcome, everyone, to He's Done It, a mostly sports podcast. I'm Corey Novotny, and I'm joined, as always, this week by my co-host, Brian Wells, bringing back this intro for the first time all season. And we have a special episode, Brian, someone we've been looking to do for a long time now, and that is a draft of 2000s comedy films. And we have multiple people joining us. It's not just us two. (laughs) Yes, that is right. And I guess with that, we can kind of introduce our guests here. And this is, I believe, the the most we've ever had on one episode with five of us. So first off, recurring guest Kenny Cashman from C-Team Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Glad to be the first guest introduced. I wasn't sure how it was going (laughs) to go. (laughs) Uh, We also have another recurring guest from Affable Chat, Benjamin Carlson. Uh, yeah, happy to be coming back, you know, uh, second, not what I was hoping for, but hopefully, <laughs> you know, the other ordered events in this podcast turn out better. Um, but yeah, got, happy to be here. And finally, last but certainly not least, for the first time on, the other affable chat host, Joey Went. Welcome to He's Done It for the First Time. Oh, thank you so much. And although you did say not least, I do, do feel like I am the least because I was picked last. To be <laughs> I thought it made sense to introduce you. <laughs> it's an honor you. to be on the He's Doing It podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so I'm very happy to be here. I thought it made sense to introduce you last because this is your first time on. And I think it's really cool that we're able to get you on for this one. And it's not a sports episode. This is one where we really stress the mostly and the fact that we're able to kind of talk about movies felt like a great reason to get both of our friends from Apple chat you know one of our, our favorite podcasts or sister podcasts really we get everyone together with c-team so uh, definitely excited for this one uh, i think it's been probably about a year if not more that brian and i have been discussing doing this so we're glad to kind of get it going and i guess something that we've always done since the very first episode back on the ben and Corey podcast days was a top five and for me i've often thought about what my top five comedy movies would be and I tended to always pick movies in the 2000 to 2009 range and I realized there's so many movies that you can choose from from your classic raunchy comedies to just like the the popular ones of the era rather family friendly movies that are very good from back back when we were kids so uh, I think that it made sense to do this one in a draft format and it's something that is very popular among other podcasts. I liked doing our top five, but this was one that we were thinking would be good to start off with the draft and then see if we do more from here. So uh, at this point, we've kind of explained the rules in the background. So hopefully we don't need to do too much catching up you know, with our guests on. But we do want to make sure everyone knows that's listening, how this is going to work. So Five of us will be making five selections, which means 25 total picks, and it'll be done in a snake draft format. So whoever has the first pick will pick 10th. Whoever has the fifth pick will go right away and pick sixth. And the idea is really to pick our favorite comedy films as defined by Wikipedia between that were released between January 1st, 2000 and December 31st, 2009. Very subjective, like all forms of art, especially film, in terms of what is considered a great movie, whether it's something that just makes you laugh the hardest or something that is just really well done and maybe has uh, you know less funny moments, great funny moments, however. So it's really going to be up to us to decide. And ultimately, the listeners will hopefully weigh in in some form of social media, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, on who has the best 
list in the end. So there is somewhat of an objectivity to this, but ultimately we're just going to try to have fun with it and reminisce on movies that came out during our formative years. So with that, we're going to go ahead and figure out the draft order. And we've had a lot of discussion about the best way to do this. I want to make it something that at least the listeners in an audio format can play along with. So we're going to go ahead and pick a random number between one and five, and that will represent our number in a generated set. I wanted to go even further with that and do this like one through four, one through three, one through two, but that was shot down by everyone else. So we're, uh, we're going to kind of jump into this here. So Joey... You may have been the last one introduced, but you'll be the first one to pick your number between one and five. It has to be a whole number? Yes. It can't be irrational? <laughs> it cannot be irrational. <laughs> well, I'm picking number one, Corey, All right. the best there number. There you go. And um, next we'll go with Benjamin. So um, I'm going to pick the number four, but there's a little parentheses after with a 20 in it. And that's like a little <laughs> nod at the you know maybe the, a few of the comedies that maybe came out between... Uh, in, in the 2000s for sure and actually i thought very, about very this good. and i was like oh you know what this is going to be season six episode nine that feels very fitting but then i also realized we're not releasing this one right away we're going to have like a couple episodes at least before then so it won't be but you know that that would have also been a nice little nod so kind of going in reverse order of how we introduce everyone kenny one and four are off the board two all right and brian three all right, so that means I am five, and um, we're going to go through and use random.org, and I'm just going to hit click the again button, and that will determine how we choose our place in the order. So I'll just kind of go one at a time, and you're not going to have any idea of who the next person is when you choose yours, but you'll have to trust me. I'm not going to lie. If five is the first one here, that is just a coincidence. All right. And it's not. The first number is two. Oh, geez. <laughs> uh, so I'm picking my my order, my number in the draft, right? Yes. My, okay. Very, very stressful. I almost don't want to go first because I I want to see what other people are doing. But I'm I mean I'm I'm just taking I'm gonna take number one because why wouldn't I? <laughs> okay. Good call. Yeah, I respect that. That is. I if I make one that. pick. As if a I, fellow yeah. number one chooser, I also <laughs> like if I make one crazy pick and then it's like, oh no, what like that wasn't gonna go off the board ever. Whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, and that's totally fair. And I appreciate you doing that because second in the list is number five. So <laughs> I wanted the second pick, so I'm going to take the second pick, and I'm glad that you didn't do that and made me go number one. So thank you, Kenny. Um, Anytime. Next up is the actual number one. So, Joey, you're between third, fourth, and fifth. I mean, maybe I should change it up. Maybe I should pick uh, number five just because I can't be number one. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Five uh, ends up being number one in round two. So, with yes. six. Exactly. All right. So, between the third and fourth spots, we have the numbers three and four. The first person choosing three, Brian. Do you want third or fourth? Uh, I, I wanted the third pick. I wanted to be in the middle. All right. So there you go. Out Works out well. for you. So that means that Benjamin will be picking Yes, fourth. the whole human centipede uh, approach. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, so our uh, round one order is going to go Kenny, Corey, Brian, Benjamin, Joey, which means our round two order is going to go Joey, Benjamin, Brian, Corey, Kenny, and we'll continue to go in that snake format. If you're listening to this as a sports podcast, you're probably familiar with snake drafts. If you're listening to this for movies, you might not be, so just want to make sure everyone listening understands that order. And uh, before we get into this, just like a couple rules, uh, really, like the one big one is no tipping picks, so... Don't start comparing movies that haven't been selected yet. They're still on the board. Others might be looking to get them. If the movie's been taken, we can kind of talk about them, especially like, oh, I would have taken this movie, but they already took it, so I'm going to take this one instead. can be difficult because there's probably a lot of different actors and actresses who appear in several movies on our list, but we'll do our best to make sure we're not giving away any potential future selections and... Outside of that, there's no stipulations in terms of you need to take certain kinds of movies. It's just straight up any five comedy movies. And I said it's kind of by the Wikipedia definition. If Wikipedia puts comedy in addition to any other genre label specification, then it is fair game as long as it's between that 2000 to 2009 decade range. So with that, I guess is there anything else I'm missing there? Are we good to jump into it? Let's jump into it. Let's go. All right. So, Kenny, without further ado, you are on the clock. All right. This is, uh, I was, I was up all night (laughs) analyzing the draft picks. I'm not even joking. (laughs) Uh, I have a massive spreadsheet in front of me and I really don't know about this pick, but it's, it's, it's a Titan. This is on, this is inarguably one of the most iconic movies of that decade. I don't know if it would go off the board fast otherwise, but I'm picking Shrek. I don't see how you. I don't see how you disrespect Shrek and don't wow. take it with the first pick. It. I mean, it's iconic. How do you? It would be so rude and disrespectful to not take Shrek first. You know. I, I love that pick. Brian and I have had a lot of debate over where Shrek could go after seeing it go fifth overall in a different draft that did this. Like different podcasts did this draft about a year ago. That's why. It's, and that's why it's so funny. <laughs> That's, that's, I that's respect awesome. it. Yeah, no, I, Shrek is yeah, iconic no, and defined a lot pick. of animation in 2000s. I like Shrek 1 more than Shrek 2, unlike Ben and Corey, but that doesn't mean I, I dislike Shrek 2. I thought Shrek 2 was good, but I still like the first one on, more. I've gone back and forth on whether I like Shrek or Shrek 2 more, and in in analyzing all these, these 2000s comedy movies, I determined I actually do think I like Shrek 2 more, but I will say... I had a lot of different criteria. Again, I'm not joking about this massive spreadsheet. I have a lot of criteria about uh, uh, how these movies are, are rated, and it it had Shrek has the best the best ranking by users on Metacritic. Yes, That's, so and I think Rotten Tomatoes is also really high because I remember that argument uh, coming out. Rotten Tomatoes like audience than... score is three, and the critic score is fourteen. Of my one hundred two movies that I have on this spreadsheet, oh, okay, despite Jeez, only twenty five. Okay, I only have twenty nine movies, so that's wow. a credit to you. Um, I know I, I I am a bigger fan of Shrek too. I mean, we already broke the first rule of tipping another pick. We'll see if that one goes <laughs> off the board at some point. But uh, Shrek Shrek is a great movie. I had I definitely had it in my top twenty five and was prepared to you know go with one of those two at some point if needed. But I uh, didn't expect it to go one to one. But I will say, like just purely looking at comedy movies, it is a, a fantastic movie and um, kind of sets me up for number two where. 
I, I wanted to because the way I looked at it was there were two movies that I was like, I want one of these movies. They're my two favorites, not just of this like decade we're looking at, but really just comedy movies in general. It just happened to be within the same short year age range. And uh, this is what I would have taken at 1-1, so I'm fine to get it at number two, and that is super bad. I think that this movie is hilarious, just like really well super done. Bad. I think it's a perfect combination between sincerity and vulgarity. Just looking at Seth and Evan's characters where they both have the same goal of trying to get laid before graduating high school, but they're going about it in two different ways with Seth just fully just focused on like sex and disrespecting women where Evan at least tries to take the more like chivalrous approach to it and I just think it's a fun movie with like their friendship going you also have the whole McLovin subplot which is awesome with uh Officer Michaels and um really awesome what's his name Officer Michaels and Officer Slater so Seth Rogen and Bill Hader's character I think is a great movie very rewatchable like if I see it on TV almost guaranteed I'm just gonna throw it on and enjoy it from whatever point it's at Solid choice, Corey. Superbad's a fun one. It's Definitely. it's not one of my 102 movies because I've never seen it. <laughs> You're missing out. <laughs> I'll say that. It's a good one. I, I think the McLovin storyline is is definitely the, the best yes, part. Oh, of I, I oh for sure. That. I, I mm-hmm. love the McLovin. You, you put your age as 25. Well, that's because everyone puts it as 21. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it even have a, yeah. It's, it's not even, it doesn't even have a last name. It just says McLovin. Yeah, just, don't have a last name. What do you seal? McLovin is the last name. <laughs> and I love, I love that the cops, like they know that he's not oh, twenty one, yeah. but like they That's still so freaking good. Like they're still buddies of him. I, I, I love the, the connection between McLovin and the cops in that movie. Really good. Yeah. Stuff. Yep. All right. So for uh, the third pick in the draft, uh, my first pick. It is not critically acclaim- acclaimed a good movie. It. Uh, it didn't get the grace ratings, <laughs> but I think it's a, <laughs> your first pick. <laughs> I think it's a timeless classic. Classic. It's always funny when I watch it. I've seen it dozens of times. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. I'm going right. with dodgeball as my first pick. It's a movie that not one, not two, but three people on this podcast have have uh, on affable chat have, yes. have uh, reviewed. <laughs> yeah, still, my, still my only movie review appearance on Affable Chat. I I love that movie. <laughs> it's it, that's a great pick. They're actually Wait, didn't you come on for our Avengers episode? You're right. I was on for the Avengers episode. I forgot about that because I was with like 15 <laughs> other people. But <laughs> no, so that's a great I... pick, Brian. And it's also very topical because they just announced a sequel is coming out soon. <laughs> that's crazy. I don't know. Oh, really? I don't know uh-huh. if I'll enjoy that uh, if and when it comes out. But the first one is the best. Uh, it's a timeless classic such a quotable movie yeah yep and and i feel like all the characters in the movie really play a role like not just peter peter lafleur but like even all the like all his teammates like like gordon and oh yeah and dwight and and miss veach and and white goodman is such a great villain too <laughs> he really Steve is the pirate. Ben Stiller's oh, and steve the pirate can't forget <laughs> steve the pirate Tudic. yeah patches of oh, hula yeah, pretty amazing uh, yeah yeah, white white is awesome. He died. He, he died the way he would have wanted. <laughs> yeah, right. crushed by, a, by <laughs> an Irish drinking yeah. sign. <laughs> yeah, and I remember yeah, they, doing like my top ten favorite quotes from this movie. It, it's like there are a lot of quotable movies on this list. Dodgeball is probably the, the most quotable. 
It's yeah, I, uh, it's also a fitting movie uh, for a sport, a mostly sports podcast because it's true. a comedy true. sports movie, and they really do that genre well. They are able to make every opponent they come up across uh, entertaining in a, in a different way, and keeps you engaged all the way through. So funny all the way through, and also uh, you know, engaging as far as comedy storylines go. In in the end of the movie, when when White Goodman is back to being fat, he he says. I love happy endings. You know, that's the problem with America cinema. You can't handle complexity in it, you know? Don't make me think. I just want to be entertained. Yeah. Part of me, there are movies that I like where I really think about it, but there are movies where I really just want that's to be entertained. Statement. And, that, and this Based. is one of them. This is a thesis statement. Very nice. Uh, Good pull there, Brian. Thanks. All right. Then it looks like we're uh, at the fourth pick, which is my first pick. And I'm stoked that my movie is still on the board. Uh, and I'm going to be taking Napoleon Dynamite uh, with ah. the fourth overall pick. And uh, to me, this was the first movie that came to my head when, we, when I started brainstorming for this. Uh, I'm not sure... Uh, if I've met anybody who was conscious during the 2000s who didn't wasn't impacted by this movie in some way, uh, whether that's watching it a bunch of times or just wondering who Pedro is and, and why the, uh, the, the grassroots uh, election campaign for him is so strong. Um, but this, this movie is full of wacky, uh, just bizarre sequences that seem to just seep out of real life. And uh, it, it's it's charming, it's hilarious, it's relatable, especially for someone who is growing up uh, in the in the 2000s, going through school, being an awkward teenager myself. Uh, there was a lot in this movie that I could uh, relate to. This movie absolutely owns the archetype of the sports uncle who's uh, who's past his prime. I, I you it legitimately you you can't hear anybody make a kind of a, a, a overly uh, cavalier claim about their prior sports ability without somebody calling them Uncle Rico, uh, and, and uh, you know, with the sequence of uh, just memorable events happen in this movie. Napoleon Dynamite is endlessly rewatchable and it's definitely my number one pick. So I'm happy to get it here at number four. Well, I'm a Napoleon Dynamite hater. I've I've seen the movie one time. It was a long time ago. So I probably should give it another shot. But I've never understood the appeal. I never understood why it made any sense. The nonsensical absurdity of it never hit with me. I always felt like Napoleon was a loser and I didn't want to be like him. <laughs> so I, I didn't want to... I didn't have anything to do with it. And the time machine doesn't even work. So what do you have to say to that? I could have told you that. <laughs> I, I'm in the exact same boat as Joey. and I, But I feel like when it comes to Napoleon Dynamite, you either love, love this movie or you don't get it. And And I think the very high majority of people do love it, though. Yeah, Actually, and that's the other thing, too, that I loved about it was it was, it was willing to, well... It's an indie movie, so you know indie movies don't necessarily feel like they're taking a risk, but it is willing to take risks. It's willing to be out there, and I and I appreciate that. I actually do fall in the middle. I I don't love or hate this movie. Uh, I also haven't seen it since probably high school, um, so I might feel differently on a rewatch. But it was, you know, I thought it was funny. I enjoyed it. It it's a bizarre movie. It's you know it doesn't. I don't, you know, sometimes movies want you to feel like you're watching something from another world or sometimes they, you want, you know, to feel like it's realistic. 
this almost is neither where it's like it's our world but everything's just weird uh (laughs) but it it, i don't know i i enjoyed it uh i figured it would go high on the in the draft but not one of my favorites but i enjoyed it you know it was it was always a it was always a fun watch yeah i also have napoleon dynamite kind of like a middle view of it and i think part of it i just haven't seen it in a while i remember when it first came out i was like i don't know that i love this as much as others but i also just think it's such an iconic film that i think it's one of those movies that it either should be like in the first round or like first couple rounds or just we're all like no we don't care for it and it goes completely off the board so it's basically it's the will it, levis of of, of movies yeah, right? where if, right? if it's not going in the top five it's it's not making the first round or uh-huh. not making the draft at all <laughs> Yeah, I mean, cutting that... cutting to a shot of Napoleon sitting there waiting, <laughs> sweating, uh, eating tater tots out of his pocket. Yeah, I personally had like a late third, early fourth round grade on it in terms of where it falls on my big board. But that was more just like I couldn't decide where to put it. Um, but I mean, I, I have no qualms of you taking it in the first round at all. It is such an iconic film that I think it's a it's a good one to kind of get things started here. And I think we've kind of gone in a lot of different directions in terms of our top four, which is kind of a fun way to look at it. So. Definitely glad with how it's played out so far. And Joey, you have back-to-back picks, but let's just focus on number five. Okay, number five. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna let me uh, preface this a little bit. I think that even though we just had dodgeball on this, I do think that Ben Stiller doesn't get enough credit for his comedy. Uh, many of his titles are raunchy and ridiculous, but they often contain real gems of meaning, heart, and craft. And Tropic Thunder is an excellent example of that. On its surface, it's an unapologetic parody of war films, but it's really a skewering of the film industry and the multiple levels of glam and polish that separate the real world from the world behind the camera. Our actors are thrown into an actual combat situation and completely blunder their way through it, making incredible mistake after incredibly selfish mistake. The depth of talent on display in Tropic Thunder is incredible. Stiller in the lead, flanked quickly by Jack Black and Robert Downey Jr. in one of his most insane roles. Brandon T. Jackson and Jay Barakel are right behind him. Nick Nolte, Danny McBride, Steve Coogan, and Bill Hader all star in this movie. And they none of them are outdone by Matthew McConaughey and Tom Cruise who, who, eating the scenery and turning this movie from great into awesome. The number of iconic moments moments from the story are too great to name, and it lives on as one of the most insane and fun comedies of the decade. I mean, so when I found out that Corey had created a group chat um, without me because <laughs> I have an Android and everyone else has iPhones, I was thinking of Les Grossman uh, when he was talking on the phone with um, uh, Flame, Flaming Dragon, this scene specifically. Who is this? This is Flaming Dragon! Okay, Flaming Dragon. Fuck face. First... Take a big step back and literally fuck your own face. <laughs> so, yes, that was exactly to you. That was exactly how that, that conversation played out in my head as well when I chose to not create a new group chat with green text. Uh, but I will say if, if you're listening to this and you have no familiarity with the Joey side of Apple chat, I think that was a reason to listen to Apple chat because Joey knows what he's talking about. That that was a perfect write-up, and I'm not shocked that you have a full paragraph. I would love to hear that for every single movie you pick here. I, I, I like <laughs> Tropic Thunder. I knew it was going to be picked high between one of you two, just going back to when you did it on Apple Chat four or five years ago now. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a great movie, and like the whole point of making fun of other blockbuster films with just having a ton of funny moments in it. And I, I really like Ben Silly's character in this. I love how he basically has like Stockholm Syndrome when he gets... Uh, you know, kidnapped by oh, the yeah. the flaming dragon, and he like 
like reverts into a, a, the only role he feels like was actually true. Yes, yeah. Amazing. Right? Uh-huh. And then I just instantly think of like him like running back over the bridge with like the little kid like just like on top of his shoulders. Like uh, just <laughs> I've only seen this movie once at a, a sleepover in 2008 when we'd stayed up pretty much all night. And so it the movie kind of feels like a dream to me. I don't really remember it super well, but I don't think I want to watch it again because I don't really want to change that. It, I, I kind of like the dreamlike quality. And I I think that it's kind of viewed as uh, okay for some reason, but I, Robert Downey Jr. is in blackface in this movie. What's the what's the, what's, what's the story with that? Oh, I'm a dude playing a dude so Brian, disguised as another dude. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Does that make it okay? It's, well, we got, you got to think about what the context of the story right and it and you have to think about the idea of what does it mean to show something on screen is everything on screen an endorsement or is or can you show something on screen that's evil or bad and skewer it and if you are watching this story you can see brandon t jackson's character al pacino al, al pacino right yes al pacino um, he, <laughs> he is um constantly making fun of and taking down Robert Downey Jr. for being in blackface the entire movie. He's constantly telling him that what he's doing is wrong and that and even though he keeps trying to make this bridge, it keeps getting cut down. The person who actually did the blackface in this story, um, like the, the makeup artist, is renowned for specifically a race-changing makeup. Um, he put Eddie Murphy in white face in uh, Coming to America uh, in the barbershop scene. And he's uh, so he's known for... Being in this role, doing it both ways, and um, you know, uh, elevating the craft to be something about social commentary, not just an explicit um, recasting of black people in white with white actors. Right. That makes it. I know there was a few years ago, kind of a a push of like, even if it's commentary, we're we don't want to see it. And I, you know, we don't need to get into a conversation about that. But I just, like I said, didn't remember this movie super well. I just had an image of Robert Downey Jr. in blackface in my head, so I wanted to, wanted to make sure that uh, that I I wasn't I wasn't crazy and that that didn't happen or something. You know? No, it definitely did happen. And it is it is a weird choice, one that I don't think would probably be right. get past today. But the context of the movie is that this is this is wrong. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't do this. People who do this are bad and are insane. And Robert Downey Jr.'s character is nothing but that. He's almost one-dimensional in his insanity. The only thing that like, actually starts to become deeper is when you realize that that's all he has is the facade. He is always his character. He's never a person himself. Yeah, Tropic Thunder definitely trends on Twitter like every six months or so going through right. this debate of whether or not it should be canceled, <laughs> whether it's okay that they did this, and then you know, the two different sides of it. So. Uh, I mean, it's an important piece. I feel like you can't really talk about this movie in 2023 without mentioning that aspect of it. It, it typifies the whole like Zoomers who just discovered media that's existed for a long time, yeah. but they haven't <laughs> watched it. They just uh-huh. see that. They're like, oh, Robert Downey Jr. Like, we have to take him down. Uh, but I, but moving on from that point, um, I think this is a great pick, Joey. I had this as a first round grade. I think Tropic Thunder is uh, o- almost just uh, by definition kind of encapsulates the best of the comedy of this decade. Uh, it has so many of the iconic comedy actors making up this unbelievable all-star cast and they're all utilized in uh the best way so that uh, you get to fully enjoy everybody who's involved uh, it's just thoroughly in a fantastic comedy project uh that that i do think holds up all right so that one was for you guys because i thought someone would pick it fa- first this one is for me um 
Mean Girls is my oh, nice. is my next wow. pick. Uh, <laughs> written by <laughs> Tina Fey, the iconic high school comedy is the greatest translation from real world high school drama to cinema of its era. Uh, although it has fantastical and dramatically ironic elements throughout, only Mean Girls shows us what it's actually like to be on the inside of the most treasured clique at the, any school. Its wide appeal, not just from teenage girls, shows that although the drama is petty, the stakes ridiculous, and that fetch will never happen, we all know that it's what it's like to be excluded and how much better it is to be included. Personally, I can deeply relate with Lindsay Lohan's character, Katie, from her exclusion from the plastics. With this little tournament uh, being planned, Corey left me out of the planning group <laughs> chat because I have an Android and everyone else has iPhones. <laughs> this kind of pettiness would have stung a lot when I was in high school, but the less of Mean Girls that everyone goes through these squabbles, and it's better to rise above them than to seek revenge on a podcast. I, I love uh, that. <laughs> so, so everyone else here has... No, I will, we, we can talk about the movie in a second. Everyone else here has an iPhone, uh, and so... and. I understand iMessage being better than text messages. I get it. I feel the same way. I'd rather have a message with someone or a group message that it's not about it being blue or green, as Corey mentioned earlier, but it's just, it's not a text message. It's, it's more like a, you know, like a social media messaging app. Uh, and I like that, but wh why are people so afraid of text group messages? Like I, I'd, I'd still do it. I still do have text group messages. I'm in t plenty of group messages with like SMS messages with people with iPhones. I, I can, uh, this is the only situation where I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, besides the time we went to Vegas, Corey planned a trip to Vegas and I wasn't included in that one either. That's well, also, we used uh, GroupMe for the, that one, didn't you, we? Corey, Kenny, you make okay. a good point. Like there's plenty of messaging apps out there, Discord, Telegram, Signal, uh, WhatsApp. Facebook Messenger. Uh, Facebook You're right, Messenger. no, I, and I you could know, there's use There's lots of different of those, options out there. But, Interesting. I will. I mean, iMessage feels better. Like I like iMessage. It feels better to me than uh -huh. than almost all of those. But it, I don't. You know, sometimes Corey you just got to include people. That's all. It I was, stand with Joe. I think no. You're right. I took the easier approach on Thank this you, from my perspective, and I I apologize that I offended you and made you feel left out. And I'm trying to not have you feel left out as we go through this draft here. But and I mean, Careful, also Corey, don't I, don't reconcile too yeah. early because this bit probably continues. Yes. No. I <laughs> I, I imagine that this this does. And uh, I will say though that I, I do really like Mean Girls. I think it's a great movie. Uh, I know Brian and I did our like top five movies filmed in canada and this is like actually where it's filmed we both had this high on our list we we're both really? big fans of it yeah oh yeah yes. I, was, I was definitely a fan of mean girls uh -huh. yeah i mean it, it's Wait another one like very on your top five movies filmed in canada yes, yes we How did that top fives have you guys done? <laughs> a ridiculous amount of them but we like <laughs> this is for canada day uh just in 2022 yeah it is like yeah. most of the movies uh did not actually take place in Canada. They just love using Toronto to represent Chicago. Apparently, they're very similar looking. So very cool. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. They've done a lot of top fives on here, but I guess pizza toppings was too crazy for them as we <laughs> oh yeah a little yeah. while back. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I know onions would not be on my list uh, if we did that. <laughs> we'll get to it. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, I think it's Benjamin's turn. All right. Um, so moving on to my second pick. And um, I, uh, once again, am stoked to find uh, <laughs> the next movie on my list. This is my number two <laughs> movie available in the second round. Um, I'm picking Shaun of the Dead. Mm. Um, so first of all, this movie, well, in case you haven't seen Shaun of the Dead, it is a parody of zombie movies. Uh, and it is... First and foremost, hilarious. It is a very funny 
zombie movie, but it brings so much more. It's just the right amount of scary. So if you're you're not a horror fan, I still think you could get into this movie. And it's while portraying like a good zombie movie, it focuses more on the character development of the titular character. And it does that through the way that he engages with the zombie apocalypse. And that just took it to a whole nother level for me. I do think you could do a lot. There is a lot of comedy you can do with uh, just poking fun at the zombie genre, but to use that as a springboard to get to tell a compelling story about the development of a character and kind of a coming of age for a late bloomer uh, story, I just it really resonated with me and it's something that i really love edgar wright is the director this is part of his cornetto uh, three flavors trilogy and uh, for me it's the best of the three obviously (laughs) and it (laughs) has that classic edgar wright editing where it is just so smooth everything is cut together so well the even the editing itself is hilarious and um this movie just has everything that i want in a hilarious comedy but also in a compelling story so that's why it is my second round pick romero uh george romero the father of the zombie movie famously loves Shaun of the dead and rightfully so it is a classic zombie movie it does everything right um and i think that just like every other piece of the cornetto trilogy three flavors cornetto trilogy it elevates the genre and challenges it and and makes it better than the his previous uh, iterations so I've never seen Shaun of the Dead. Uh, somehow I, I've heard great things about it. I know it, it's constantly viewed in this kind of light, so I can't really speak to it. Uh, whether or not this is a great pick here in the second round, but I think uh, you know people who have seen it tend to very much appreciate it. So not totally surprised that it was picked or picked relatively high. All right. So for my second round pick. Uh, this pick will probably screw over Corey. I don't care. Um, <laughs> I know what uh, you're doing. Yeah. So this movie was be- cr- more uh, better critically acclaimed than Dodgeball, but it is also a movie where I just want to be entertained. And uh, I love buddy comedies. I love comedies that involve a little bit of a, an adventure. And I think The Hangover uh, you know, involves a lot of that, a lot of a lot of twists and turns on what the guys deal with uh when they go go to Vegas you know you have the when they wake up they find a tiger in their bathroom and you have Stu missing a tooth and and then Stu also married a stripper and they stole a police car and they also can't find one of their friends Doug who is getting married <laughs> the next day and it it's definitely a definitely a classic film that uh I enjoy very much yeah, popularized the term uh, retard. <laughs> I would argue ruined that ruined that phrase actually <laughs> for everyone. Um, yeah, it's uh, it is a it is a really funny movie um, and a classic like kind of adventure slash road trip movie, right? Also, another example of uh, one person in the group being excluded. <laughs> true, true. That was another unintentional exclusion. Uh, yeah, I mean, the the Hangover was the number two on my list. I was between Superbad and The Hangover. Would have been perfectly fine taking The Hangover at two, and knew instantly that you know Brian was going to take this at number number eight here. Uh, I love this movie. I think it it might be the funniest movie. Um, just like in terms of like straight the up period. laugh, just 
from from my perspective like obviously that's a subjective thing but i i think it, this movie is amazing uh, i watch it almost every time right before i go to las vegas just to get me psyched up for it and just really just have some laughs and enjoy myself and hope okay like i hope it doesn't get that crazy when i'm out there uh, and it, it feels impossible to repeat what some of these guys get into i think the character of alan by zach galifianakis is amazingly well done and like that really launched him into like this great career of him just playing these roles that are almost very similar um with this guy just some of the most ridiculous comments that come out of him where he just like touches everything like his whole uh you know counting cards saying it's not illegal it's just frowned upon like masturbating on an airplane they're <laughs> like alan i'm pretty sure that's illegal too like yeah maybe after 9-11 thanks bin laden <laughs> <laughs> yes that, that's why why we can't do it it's perfectly fine before you know, 2001 and uh, mike tyson yeah, also has the greatest cameo in the movie mike like, tyson is awesome in this movie yeah, wh- yeah. Where, where'd you guys get that cop car like oh we stole it from his Dumbass cops. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, this uh, this movie has everything. Uh, I was definitely you know intrigued by the idea of getting both my top two, um, but Brian of course took it here, and because of that, with my ninth pick, I'm going to go ahead and pick one of Brian's favorites. I was between a couple movies here, but you kind of just set me up to go in this direction. I'm going to take Wedding Crashers. Oh my I god! Think that... I should have done that then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I thought you might have gone there instead of The Hangover. It, it's an awesome movie. Another one like you know this. Yeah, it's is a, romantic a romantic comedy. comedy. Too. It is a romantic comedy. Yes, I um I've watched it enough times since making that comment that it wasn't. And it was more of a sex comedy to realize I was way off on this movie, but I I love it. I think. I think it's great i think it's it's really funny with like the the vince vaughn owen wilson dynamic we've seen them play out a lot and i think really the one one of the biggest things that like puts this movie over the top is it has one of if not the greatest comedy cameo appearances with will ferrell as Chaz reinhold in the end as like the prototypical wedding crasher who starts crashing funerals just like a ridiculous concept <laughs> and like he has like i don't know 15 lines in the movie but they're yeah, all dude great. died in a hang gliding accident one <laughs> idiot what an idiot yeah <laughs> yeah well, you definitely need somebody to look worse than your yes. main characters if you're trying to make them look yes. better. Yes, <laughs> he does a great job of doing that. So, yeah, w- one thing I, I think one of the reasons why I love Wedding Crashers is that I, I personally enjoy going to weddings. And in, you know, in the beginning of the movie, they're at the, the you know th- that massive wedding that they go to, and and he's talking with Claire and about why people are at this wedding. And it's like, no, people go to. Like people are not here to suck up. People are here because people want to be in the presence of true love. And 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 I I think maybe that's I enjoy going to weddings like to see family and friends and and drink and dance and all that. But I, it's also it's also nice going to weddings to to witness that too. Uh, all right, Brian mentioned. Uh, well. First of all, I'm looking at everyone's picks here and uh, have the only animated movie here, so I might need to <laughs> might need to pivot from my strategy a little bit here. Uh, or double down. Could, Come could, on, Kenny. <laughs> do it. Up. There's an obvious pick here. Is there, though? Uh, there is. Well, uh, <laughs> there is an obvious pick. <laughs> uh, Brian mentioned he likes uh, buddy comedies, and this is technically a buddy comedy. Uh my in favorite a, kind of a different <laughs> kind of buddy comedy because the main character's name is buddy i'm going with elf classic christmas Ooh. comedy movie 
That's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank <comedy>. you. <laughs> uh, for me, so obviously, you know, not everyone celebrates Christmas or, or observes the holiday. But uh, if you, to me, if you like Christmas as I do, then Christmas movies have some of the the best rewatchability because, you know, every year I'm not necessarily going to say sometime throughout the year, oh, I want to watch A, B comedy. I want to watch Shrek. But like it's Christmas season. Oh, yeah, I'll watch Elf. It's Christmas time. You know, so I've seen this movie, uh, you know, quite a few times, probably almost every year I watch it. Uh, you know, it is a bit genre specific where it's a Christmas movie, but I think the comedy is great. I think it's Will Ferrell at his peak pretty much. Uh, and it's just a good feel good movie. And that's one of the things I really like about Christmas and Christmas movies is that whatever, whatever genre the movie you're getting is, it's probably going to be a feel good Christmas movie too, unless it's like bad santa or something which i haven't seen but i don't think it's a feel-good movie uh but you know it's 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 classic obviously it's got a lot of uh very quoted lines as many of the movies in here do so i don't know and i think uh it's not necessarily quintessential 2000s comedy because it's like i say a christmas movie which makes it a little bit timeless but i don't think that's you know a detriment for a movie to be timeless so that's my second pick dodgeball is probably my most quotable movie but i think Elf is probably like my next most quotable movie. Like you said, Kenny, like the best way to spend spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all the hear. Bye, buddy. Hope you find your dad. I got, Bye, I got that Christmas you find your sweater. Dad is. Yeah, I, I have a Christmas sweater this year with like the with Mr. Narwhal. Narwhal saying, yeah, it, it's it's awesome. My favorite Christmas sweater ever. I, I love Elf. I mean, I'm on the record saying that throughout Christmas related season podcast episodes it's my favorite christmas movie i had it very high on my list i wasn't sure how high to put it but um yeah definitely would have loved to walk away with it and have no qualms with you you taking it here uh i feel like the tide of the tsunami of elf love crashing on me the lone elf hater me and my wife stand alone as as thinking Elf is the most overplayed, overdone, over um, uh, overhyped Christmas movie. And that's saying a lot because there's a lot of them. A lot of people give a lot of credence to Christmas movies because they're f- about Christmas. Um, don't don't tell a lot, a lot about quality. I think Will Ferrell is uh, obnoxious. I think the uh, story is bland and doesn't do a lot to um, elevate the Christmas lore. Um, and honestly, I could go my whole life not watching it again, and I'd be okay with that. But but Joey, it's a movie about an outcast. How do you <laughs> it is not a movie about an outcast. It's true, but sometimes it's okay to outcast people. <laughs> okay, <laughs> really, the wow. the one outcast that wears green, and this this is the one that's okay to outcast. So I think that my point stands about green text messages. Man, someone needs to I sing think, a Christmas yeah. carol. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> he, he must be a self polo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll um I'll just chime in with um I I kind of. Uh, excluded Christmas movies. I, obviously, we all have our own criteria for building these lists. Um, I do think that Elf is is one of my more liked Christmas movies, but it wasn't so funny to me that it transcended that barrier of being, uh, you know, Christmas exclusive. So, um, I'm I'm uh, I'm not surprised to see it show up, but uh, a little early for me. Yeah, it was the only Christmas comedy I had on my list. So, and then Kenny again at number eleven. Oh, right. I do back-to-back now. Whew, forgot how these things work for a second. Uh, all right. Number 11, uh, I have uh, 
don't have a, a great intro to this one. I'm going with School of Rock. Uh, oh, classic oh, Jack Black comedy. Finally, Benjamin, a pick that I was people sure are you were going to pick about. that. I didn't even write Finally. anything from School of Rock because I was so sure you were going to pick that in the first round. <laughs> I go I with Shrek. No one cares. I go with Elf. No one cares. Finally, I made people <laughs> upset. Uh, I actually didn't see School of Rock until I think like 2017, 2018. Uh, I someone was talking about it to me. I was doing nothing at all at the time, and they were talking to me about School of Rock, and I said I hadn't seen it, and they said, you have to watch it right now. And so I watched it right then. Uh, it was very good. I don't know why I hadn't seen it. I love Jack Black, but it just had, I'd missed it somehow uh, when it had come out. But it's another, you know, feel-good movie. Uh, it's got a, I think it has a really good story, and it uh, it has a, a good a good cast of uh child actors which is hard to find sometimes um but i think everyone did a good job in the movie i really like the plot i really like the music aspect of it uh anytime you have like a comedy musical role jack black is the guy you know yep uh i i do despise the peaches song from the super mario bros movie what? Uh, i actually liked that movie quite a bit but man i hate that song but you know <laughs> you can't you can't win them all jack unfortunately uh but yeah school, school of rock it's a really good uh I, I, I'd like to call it a classic, despite only having seen it in the last five years. But, uh, yeah, great great movie. I'm glad I upset Benjamin with my I can't, Well, pick. I'm upset that I didn't pick it earlier. I was banking on being the only true School I, of Rock appreciator. I thought appreciator. I was going to get – that was my next pick. <laughs> I'm so – I'm devastated that it's, it's not one of my picks, but I'm so happy to hear that you guys also appreciate this movie because it is a, like a masterpiece. Oh, it's There's incredible. There's so many – quotable moments and uh so many valuable lessons to be learned right. just because you're not in the band doesn't mean you're not, you're not in, in the, the band, band yeah right? joey it, like, <laughs> <laughs> but but like all the other thing that i really love and i'll just stick to this one because so i could talk for hours about this but um rock isn't about making the grade right i think this is one of my favorite things i took away from the movie because it's you know a, a truly great rock show can change the world you know just because what you're doing doesn't necessarily register on uh you know making a bunch of money or uh, it's what the people in your immediate surroundings uh appreciate doesn't mean that it's not uh valuable and i i mean i think as uh, micro podcasters over here this is something that we all have to believe is true to some degree uh that just because what you're doing doesn't actually uh have some sort of monetary reward or it's not uh, you know a truly appreciated uh by you you know, the world doesn't mean that you should stop. You know, you should follow your dreams and you can still accomplish something great by following your heart. And th that's just one of many lessons that we learned from School of Rock, a fantastic movie and great yeah. pick, Kenny. Rock isn't about doing things perfect. It's about sticking yes. it to the man. Yes. <laughs> oh, I, I love School of Rock. I'm pissed that <laughs> my pick was, my next pick was taken like two picks before me. I might need to trade back in this draft now. Um <laughs> But yeah, I, I I totally agree with Ben that like they're actually like sneaky, you know, good life lessons in this movie. And, and then another thing is, when you cast a you know parts for a movie, you I imagine you cast multiple people to try out for the role. And I can't imagine what Plan B would have been if it weren't for Jack Black. Like I don't I don't know like what yes. who who the hell could you know do his role uh, if it weren't for Jack Black. Uh, I think you just don't have the movie without him. Honestly, yeah, I probably He's not. a different movie. <laughs> Yeah, I, I completely agree with everything Benjamin said. I think this movie is brilliant. It's um, In some ways, it makes me question 
the value we put on traditional subjects in school <laughs> like the, the, he, like he gets the through those like, kids more in two weeks than exactly. probably any of the teachers did for 10 grand exactly. or whatever that it's school so, cost and it's, and it's so much fun the original music is incredible and like the stories behind the scenes about them working together and 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 rocking is awesome it's it really is an inspiring story and i uh, i'm happy to see it on here and yeah i i would have picked it first if i wasn't sure i was going after benjamin <laughs> <laughs> 1045 yeah, I mean, to 1130, rock appreciation yeah. and theory, and then band passages. <laughs> yeah, for rock history. What, yeah. <laughs> what about math? Not, not important. Not important. History? <laughs> not important, guys. We got to focus. <laughs> what about ACDC? Uh, Motorhead. Oh, what are they <laughs> teaching this place? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, so uh, Kenny got the steal of the draft. Thanks a lot. Yeah, great pick. I, I definitely had the value on this one way off because it sounds like you all had this like really highly rated. I had it near the bottom of my list. And I think it's a very good movie. Uh, apparently, I don't love it as much as everyone else here, but I mean, Jack Black, I, I totally agree. This is like the quintessential Jack Black role. When I think Jack Black, I think of School of Rock. So uh, anyway, number 12, I'm going to pick a movie that I thought Kenny was going to take by now. Uh, maybe I, I don't have a, a full understanding of his appreciation of this movie compared to mine. It's not the highest that I have available on my list, but I'm going more of a personal pick than a overall value pick here because that feels like somewhat of a trend in this draft, and I'm going to take Zombieland. This is a movie that... So, like, you're, we were talking about Shaun of the Dead earlier with zombie movies. Like, Zombieland, that is my favorite zombie movie. Just, I, I'm more of a comedy fan than a horror fan when it comes down to it. And I think they do such a great job with this. I love, like, kind of the simplicity of this movie that it's you have four characters all just kind of looking for tiny things in a sense. Like, Columbus is looking to see if his parents are still alive. Tallahassee Woody Harrelson's character just really wants a Twinkie wants to find a Twinkie in this post-apocalyptic world and just very frustrated that he can't find one and then the two sisters Wichita and Little Rock wanting to go to Pacific Playland because they heard that it's a zombie free zone and they can ride rides safely and in peace Uh, I love this movie as soon as it came out I always thought that my brother paid for it. Apparently, he illegally downloaded it on her PS3 and didn't tell wow, me for a long a, time. A so one of the, the first uh, pirated movies that I watched like significantly. But yeah, I, I was always such a huge fan of this movie. And I, I, um, you know, I love the, the little Bill Murray appearance where he accidentally gets shot. It's like, yeah, do you have any regrets? Probably Garfield. <laughs> I imagine that one's not getting taken that. today. So. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, big big fan of Zombieland, and definitely uh, you know glad to get it in the third round because I had I had a much higher grade on it. Yeah, I think I think Zombieland is a truly inventive zombie comedy, and it doesn't really turn the genre on its head, but it emphasizes the best parts of any zombie movie, which is the tentative trust that builds between our anonymous cast of heroes. And it's like there's the focus is on the small family bonds that grow from a world destroyed. And it gives us, I think, a matter of hope, right? Because no matter how bad things get, we'll always find a way to get live a good life. And I love Columbus's rules. They're iconic. Yep. Most of them are, are uh, actually pretty good advice and exhaustive. Uh, something like rule number two, double tap, uh, is largely zombie specific. But uh, rule number one, cardio, great advice. Rule number 32, <laughs> enjoy little things. These are things you can carry on into your non-zombie infested world. <laughs> um, yeah, if I were in a zombie apocalypse, one of my rules would be always add your friends to a group chat if you're planning a podcast <laughs> together. That just seems like common courtesy, even before the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh... 
you know, I, I, I made some mistakes when I, when I picked these movies, we, I, when I was trying to put together my list originally, uh, it was a bit overwhelming and we had said we were going by the Wikipedia definition of films. And so I went to a Wikipedia list of comedies of the two thousands. Uh, and, and after I made the list, I was, I was looking at things and I was like, oh my God, Emperor's New Groove wasn't on here for some reason. So I had to go and add that to my list manually. Zombieland wasn't on there. I love that movie. You know, given more time, I would have thought of it, but it just, it slipped my mind. You know, it would have been pretty high up there for me. Uh, It was a great movie with a, for me, disappointing sequel, but that was after the 2000s. Um, That's right. But uh, yeah, it is a really great movie. Uh, A lot of of quotable moments, a lot of really good moments. And again, you know, a lot of these movies probably are uh, in the end heartwarming, but uh, it's nice to have that at the end of a movie like this. But yeah, great movie, great uh, comedy, not really scary, not like a really particularly scary zombie movie. It didn't need to be. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm glad you, uh, I'm glad you put it on here, Corey, because I missed it. It's not one of my 102 102 movies. movies I will say one of my 102 movies, and this really should have tipped me off, is Garfield. (laughs) 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 Every time, every time I was looking at Garfield, I thought of Zombieland and I never put it together. I will say that that might be the most cameo cameo of all time. Like oh, it's yeah. like we've got this guy in the movie, but it's not—he's not in the movie. We're get, we're bringing him in just to get rid of him. I felt like that was so hilarious. Like it was the like obviously it's one of the things we all remember from that movie, and it, it like kind of transcends the film itself as far as like cameo usage in a movie. I mean, Bill Murray is such a big star, and to use him so briefly uh, was just amazing. I was really upset in that movie when everyone got mad at Columbus. And it's like, this guy's dressed like a zombie. He walked, That's a terrible prank during a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> of course he's going to get shot. Well, it got him that far. He was able to go golfing. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, it's good to fool other zombies, but don't try to fool other people with it. They don't like the zombies. It's true. Anyway. Well, fly too close to the sun. That's the price you pay for good comedy. Get the burn bridges. <laughs> All right, so for my third round pick, which was not what I was intending to pick, uh, since uh, Corey took Wedding Crashers and Kenny took School of Rock, like that one, that one truly shocked me, though. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna have to go off the board a little bit. I don't think this will be on anyone's list, but Jim Carrey is one of my favorite actors. Definitely a great, definitely great in comedy roles. And one comedy that I love is Bruce Almighty. If you guys have ever seen ah, it. Ah, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Almighty. Okay, yeah. And so, I, I don't know. I find his character very relatable. Like, I'm not I'm not an anchor man or any, by any means or like on TV or anything like that. But but he definitely, you know, in, you know, in the beginning of the movie, he definitely complains about how, you know, his life is not going as planned. And he's, he always, he's always complaining to God and... Anytime, like we all, we all, you know, have our bad days, and 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 at least for me personally, uh, I don't know. Sometimes you wonder, like, is there a God out there? Uh, I know I went to nine years of Catholic school, but I'm certainly not the biggest believer. And you know, in the movie, he actually Bruce Almighty or or Bruce Bruce Nolan, he uh, comes in contact with God, and he actually gives him his the job of being God, and 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 has all the free will and you know, th- when he when he gets his powers, God's powers, he uses it for all the selfish 
things uh, that help him and not help out uh, the rest of the world. And learns out, learns throughout the movie that um, you know there are a lot of uh, you know hardships, I guess, in life. And so, so it's a great comedy, but also makes you think too. Yeah, I really like this movie. I'm surprised to hear, Brian, that you didn't think other people would have it and uh, to sort of hear a middling response. One of the <laughs> ways I one of the ways I, I ranked these movies was uh, my my expected uh, what I expected you guys to feel about it. Uh, and I I knew I knew that Brian liked this movie. So I had this I had it a little bit high, but I projected to go around number nine. So I'm not not that high. Uh but yeah, I thought that I really liked this movie. It was a, it was a good, uh, it was an original concept uh, that I hadn't heard before. Uh, despite not being the main character, I think Morgan Freeman as God it was pretty uh, iconic, and that really was something people referenced for a long time. Uh, I never saw the sequel. I don't know if you did, Brian. Uh, yeah, Evan, Evan Almighty, Almighty is Cor- not as. Yeah. It's not. I heard as it funny wasn't or, as good. No, yeah, it's not yeah. as good as Bruce Almighty. Yeah. I, I almost feel like it cheapens Bruce Almighty for me because I only think yeah. of Evan Almighty. <laughs> well, I think, I think it was like instead of new development. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like oh, Steve Carell's popular. Let's do Bruce Almighty again with Steve Carell. Uh, you know. But is yeah. But is rival. Well, Evan Almighty was Bruce supposed Almighty. to be Noah's Ark, right? right. Noah's yeah. the one with all yeah. the animals. I felt like it was more kid focused. Like it was. Yeah. It was trying to be for more general audiences. Yeah, I think. Right. This, I mean, this is a high concept movie. You know, I'm surprised. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised actually if it got remade in the next ten years or something like that. A lot of the comedy from it is like about two thousands things, like the "You've Got Prayers," th- you know, uh, bit. So it, I really do think that could be it could be modernized. But honestly, it's almost like a reflection of a more less cynical time when when where people took God for granted, I guess. And uh, <laughs> he could he could be a character in your movie. Um, and there was le- a lot less questions about like you know what you were saying about that. I feel like uh, today that would maybe get skewed a certain way as a, a Christian propaganda. Um, but it's or a, the opposite, an- like uh, it would be an anti-Christian message, right? It's like look what you're right. doing to our God in your right, movie right. that's making fun of him. Exactly. So it's um you know maybe that's a uh, water they don't want to step in. But yeah, I remember this movie fondly. Jim Carrey's great in this. He's a, it's sort of like a mask role or a liar liar type situation where he has all this power, but it's like contained in this uh, mortal body. Um. So yeah, uh, I think it's a good pick, Brian. Thanks. Okay, so my third pick, and um, yeah, I'm just uh, looking at my list. I have no idea what you guys like in comedies. I guess I'm learning (laughs) as we go, but I tried to kind of skew my list to be able to get certain movies uh, you know, later based on how much I thought you guys might appreciate them. I'm thinking I'm probably definitely overvalued what you guys think of Napoleon Dynamite, and I really have no idea how this movie is still here. Um, So I'm going with Shrek 2. Uh, as my third round pick. Um, I think Shrek 2 is the superior Shrek movie. I think it's the best Shrek in the entire series, even though uh, Puss in Boots is the second one, the the last wish, is also very good. But uh, I think Shrek 2 ups the ante on Shrek 1. It does everything Shrek 1 did that's amazing and just builds on it. Uh, You know, it's great medieval like that brand of humor that shrek uh, brings with the fairy tale creatures uh, kind of referencing things that you can't help but have some knowledge of as growing up as a uh, i don't know person who speaks english and hears nursery rhymes and uh <laughs> and and it's like just endlessly quotable and hilarious uh it's 
it keeps our gri- our favorite characters from the first movie and then introduces us to new favorite characters that we continue to love uh, as we go through this. Um, solid soundtrack. I still can't hear uh, certain songs without being like, oh, it's this is a Shrek oh, movie. Like, Accidentally yes. in Love is incredible. Oh, you know? my gosh. Yes. And uh, Hero? Funky uh, Town. Yep. <laughs> Actually, yes, yeah, Funky the, Town is great. The Super Mario uh, Bros. movie used uh, I Need a Hero. Yep. Or, yeah, and it was, yeah. And it was yeah. like, holding out for here. That's right. Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. like, they used it. And I was like, you can't use this in an animated movie. Yeah, it's, You're it's just Shrek. making me think of Shrek 2. Uh-huh. You can't do it. And right, I also exactly. always think of the Jennifer Saunders version of it. Or right. like when yeah. I'm, I'm hearing um, the Ricky Martin song, the... Uh, live in La Vida Loca I always think of the Puss and Donkey version but that one's not on Spotify so I have to listen to Ricky Martin and add in like the it's Puss and Donkey y'all <laughs> I mean and, and so many uh, like the fairy godmother yep. is like so hilarious Prince Charming is one of my favorite satires of the Prince Charming archetype he's so pompous and, and so in love with himself um, and it, I I genuinely just love that character everything i don't know just the, the movie takes what shrek one started with which was amazing i do think it deserves i think shrek is rightly a first round pick in this draft but i think that shrek 2 takes it another step further um and that's why i'm stoked to get it here in the third round yep i, I completely mean, agree there it's also got hot shrek uh in addition True. to human shrek uh <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, honestly, uh, honestly, Benjamin, I probably would have taken it by now, but no one else had taken a single animated movie, so I got really scared off of animated. Yeah, I was hoping you would take it as your uh, second pick, Shrek and Shrek I Two. Could, I mean, I, I could have. I I would have been tempted to take Shrek Two in the fifth round, um, but you know, I I had it higher than Shrek on my list. I I definitely like if it was one or the other, I was gonna take the sequel. I agree. I think it takes what's great about Shrek and just gives you more of it. Different twists on the story. Not a big Lord Farquaad fan. I very much prefer Fairy Godmother and Prince Charming as my lead villains. And even just like Fiona's parents, you get the king and the queen. There's so many new characters that they add to it. I think it's more fun. Soundtrack, I go back and forth on the two of them. I think they're both great, but just overall, I'm I'm a bigger fan of Shrek too. I, I like well, the the end the end song. I need a hero, like that version of I need a hero. Yes, uh, yeah, I agree. The Jennifer Saunders version, she does, yeah. she kills it. Absolutely. I, I I honestly so I think like I said at the beginning I go back and forth on Shrek versus Shrek two I did have Shrek at the number one spot here and uh, all the all the scores I had and everything I I had Shrek two uh, ranked at number five on my board but uh, for my personal rankings of like of all the movies I have Shrek two was number one uh, and it was it was comparing Shrek and Shrek two to other movies that made me realize that I wanted to put it above but. Honestly, I don't even really like the debate because I think that Shrek and Shrek 2 are just the perfect one-two punch of uh, of movies. It's you, I don't, I would never want to have one without the other. You know, obviously you can't have Shrek 2 without Shrek 1, but I don't really want Shrek 1 without Shrek 2 either. Uh, and I think Shrek 2 is inarguably a bigger movie. There's a lot more going on. You have a lot of great characters and it just feels like a fuller movie. But I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing because not that we're talking about Shrek right now. We already did. But <laughs> the simplicity of Shrek, I think, is is really great. It's it's a great starting point for the franchise. And it's just, you know, it's 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 probably around 90 minutes or so. It's just a very quick, here are the characters, here's the story. It does everything really well and really concisely. Shrek 2 does elevate that. 
but I've always, when I go back and forth, it's always, well, you can't have Shrek 2 without Shrek 1. I think that's kind of a silly argument when trying to compare two movies in a series. But it's not even just, the the foundation in Shrek, I think, is so good. But Shrek 2 really does build on all that. Uh, and I, I think it's a great, I think it's a steal in the, in the third round, Corey. But again, you all were picking only live action movies. I got very afraid of all the animated films. Yeah. That I no, I, I, I totally Shaking get that. Shaking in his boots over there. <laughs> it would have been funny if Kenny just went down the board with just like Shrek, 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 Shrek 2, Shrek 3, yeah. Shrek, yeah. Shrek Forever After, Puss yeah. in Boots. Give me a sixth uh, round so I can get the last wish in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we are going to the 20s at that point. But I guess one last comment on Shrek versus Shrek 2 in terms of Shrek 2 elevating the original Shrek. Uh, Shrek, the original one, debuted at the Man Village Theater, which is now like the Fox Village Theater in Los Angeles. Shrek 2 debuted at Cannes Film Festival in France, which is one of the biggest film festivals <laughs> in the world. Well, also, it's- Shrek, the original, has an 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. Shrek 2 is an 89%. So, okay. Well, not to undercut the entire exercise we're doing here, but uh, at the end of the day, movies are not a competition, and there's no right. scoreboard, right? I always well, there is every... a scoreboard on these two. Like I just gave you the data. Say it's <laughs> right, right. But those are completely uh, erroneous. There's uh, completely. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't vote for that. And also, uh, that's that's the whole point of art. Um, uh-huh. I, I have an evergreen tweet that I retweet every year during the Oscars, where I say, uh, you know, making art is a competition, and the winners are the ones who end up with the trophies uh which is the opposite of what i think uh, i do think that these kind of conversations are fun and in service right. of explaining how much we love these movies it's a great exercise but at the end of the day yeah, don't let Kenny's anybody right. tell you that a movie is better scoring than another one kenny's right you can't have one without the other and right. um they, they elevate each other so oh it's my turn yes it's it you. Is. Oh, awesome. uh, okay. yes 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 all right, going down the line of um, problematic comedies, I nice. am I'm picking this one now. Comedies from this era often fall into the cringy bucket of used to be funny, but now are just very mean. For me, Talladega Nights threads this needle. Although much hay is made of Sasha Baron Cohen's character being gay, it is largely at the expense of the backward Southerners that love the sport of NASCAR. Ricky Bobby is shown to be rude, inconsiderate, selfish, and a um, intolerant, but he transforms through the movie, growing from a disgust and hatred of his French rival to a real respect, one that culminates in one of the best climaxes in movie history. I love the foot race between Ricky yes. Bobby and Jean Girard <laughs> as put to Pat Benatar's We Belong. It's exciting. It's meaningful. It's silly. Everything builds to it. And the kiss shared between our hero and villain at the end is pure movie magic. To me, Corey is like Ricky Bobby at the beginning of the movie, steadfast in his ways, so certain he is right. But ultimately, he's operating an obsolete system. Instead of railing against Android users like me, he should be embracing us. Can't you see? This adherence to dogma will be your destruction. Embrace me, Corey. Let us kiss and resolve this dilemma. Accept change. Accept the future. It's coming, whether you want it to or not. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? You you had me there. I love Talladega Nights, so I I can't even come up with a rebuttal to the the whole Android versus iPhone debate with there. Uh, This is one that I had like very high on my list. I was uh, hoping to get it as a steal later on. I mean, I I get kind of the the problematic aspect of it. Like, I think there are a lot of movies from this era that, again, you like you said, very funny at the time, and maybe like would be questionable if you made them now or watched them from like a Gen Zer viewpoint. But it doesn't necessarily take away how I looked at these movies 10, 15 years ago. And I I think that this is one of those classic examples of a movie that I can just turn my brain off and watch it and just laugh at this like eccentric Ricky Bobby character and like all the the different NASCAR 
pieces that go into it. Cal Naughton Jr., I think he's great in this one where he's another one who kind of goes from like his best friend to then being with his wife and not understanding why it's a problem. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. The, his, like, bake, yeah. <laughs> his, his quote when they're like talking about like, they're like praying, like praying to like baby Jesus and like talking about how Jesus, he's like, I like to picture Jesus in a tuxedo t-shirt because he says I'm formal, but I like to party. <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah. It's so freaking funny. <laughs> uh, and I, I think Jane Lynch, just like she, she definitely has like a lot of various roles throughout this decade. I think she's really great in, in this one as uh, Ricky's mom and you know the grandkids or grandmother to Ricky's kids. Oh so. yeah, his terrible children. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna yep. come at you like a spider monkey. I'm all hyped <laughs> up on Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! It's, yeah, it's I mean, of course, love to yeah, Reese Bobby as well. Just like uh, you know, another like he ain't first, you're last, and then just realizing oh, I was high whenever I said that. You can come in second, third, fourth, <laughs> just completely changes his worldview. And then uh, the I love like how like the Applebee's product placement and how like they use it in this. Yeah, that was, that was, that was probably like my favorite a, part. A like, just a random Applebee's commercial in the middle of the movie. Yeah, in the middle <laughs> yeah, like, of that the middle race. of the crash. You're like, what's yeah, cut, right? Let's cut to a quick commercial. Hilarious. True. <laughs> yep, yep. And um, really yeah, I mean, just he's like Applebee's has rats, and like just like all the getting kicked <laughs> out of an Applebee's because he doesn't know how to be a dad. <laughs> hilarious uh, yeah they, they, if you're not first you're last i was saying that to myself when i was training for my 5k i'm like uh i'm out there just running for, it's you know, a sneaky inspirational quote <laughs> you ain't yeah. first you're last yeah yeah i mean it, it can definitely affect your uh your well-being in a negative way but if you come in first every time then hey it works out until oh, the next man. thing you know you're like in your underwear running around a track and end up having yeah, to and, you know, and go asking uh, <laughs> you're thinking asking you're help fire. from tom cruise yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and using one knife to pull to pry another knife out of your leg. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like playing like wheelchair basketball. It's like he can walk. What do you mean? He's like kicking everyone. <laughs> All right, now I, I honestly feel like I'm home free at this point. Um, but I have so many different picks. I don't even know what to what to go with. So um, I think I've got to pick if I'm going to be true to myself. I've got to pick Hot Fuzz as my. Next I knew pick. it. I oh, knew. I, I do. I like Hot Fuzz too. Yeah. The buddy cop movie to end all buddy cop movies. That's how I describe Hot Fuzz. The second <laughs> in the Three Flavors Cornetto trilogy and the most exciting, bombastic, and hilarious. The setups and payoffs on Hot Fuzz are unmatched, even by the other movies in this series. It's seriously funny with gags a mile a minute. Edgar Wright shines bright, and Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Uh, bring a display of male friendship that transforms into a wonderful pot partnership that blossoms beautifully. The twist of Hot Fuzz doesn't just answer questions about the weirdness in Sanford, but reflects the cruel reasoning behind many of the world's evils. In many ways, Sanford is the logical endpoint of a successfully implemented fascist state, and the irony of cops taking it down using violence is both pointed and should be noted with care. Imagine my surprise when I learned there was a vast conspiracy to exclude me from this podcast group chat. But don't worry, my armory of weapons is safely locked behind my shelf of classic action movies. <laughs> yeah, I echo uh, everything you just said. This movie is absolutely fantastic. And I I still like uh, Shaun of the Dead slightly more, but only slightly. And uh, that's where the subjectivity goes, because I feel like there's so many arguments for why this is the best uh, in the Cornetto trilogy. The way that the mystery comes together, the way that the movie 
rewards you for paying attention and kind of leaves everything in plain sight, giving you a chance, at, like a good mystery should, to try to piece it together. But honestly, I doubt you did on your first try because it does such a great job of pulling you in every direction. It's very funny and it's not light on the action. They like it is a true buddy cop movie, despite being a like comedy primarily. So uh, the 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 writing is witty, the acting is great. I mean, another great entry in a great trilogy of movies, uh, the Cornetto Three Flavors trilogy. Yeah, Hot Fuzz wasn't it wasn't gonna be on my list or like for for like drafting it, but I actually was surprised uh, how much I liked it. <laughs> like because um, I wasn't expecting going into it, I didn't think I was gonna um, be a fan, but I actually was a fan of Hot Fuzz. Like, cause I, I laugh every single time I watch it. I don't know how many times I've seen it, but it's funny every time. It's Even funny and semi-serious because he's obviously trying to figure out the well, it's ultra like, Nick Angel. <laughs> you know? He's trying to figure <laughs> out like what's going People's on. People's heads get exploded. People get stabbed in the chest with spear with shears and stuff. <laughs> it's terrifying, but it's it's uh, it's awesome. It's just such a a like a wonderful entry into the buddy cop genre and honestly the relationship between our two leads is so amazing and the fact i i think about all the time uh when he goes when uh uh, nick angel goes to the flower store to get his partner some flowers for his birthday i'm like that is true male friendship you know i -hmm. would love if someone gave me flowers (laughs) like this is amazing (laughs) and um like it borders on that romance side which is honestly like where this buddy cop genre fits into it it's like a subgenre of romance and to see that fully embraced in this wacky action comedy um is uh monumental in my opinion i've seen a yeah. lot of buddy cop movies since hot fuzz somehow haven't seen this one uh the one comment i have uh, a lot of people have told me it hasn't happened in a while now but i've gotten this a lot in the past is that i look like simon Pegg. I think just like my face because you know he has brown hair and more facial hair than me. But every time I hear Simon Pegg, I just go to that. I'm like I don't, I don't see know if it. this is a good or a I bad don't see thing. it, right? Okay. <laughs> you you evoke positive emotions from me when I see you, similar to how I feel when I see Simon Pegg. But it's not because you look like him. Okay. <laughs> good to know. <laughs> um, um. Okay. I'm, oh I'm yeah, up you're next, you're right? Yeah. Sorry, my bad. Uh, which pick is this? What number? This uh, is second. 17. 17. Okay. Um, I uh, Okay, so pick number 17 here. Um, this is, I still had a top 10 grade on this movie. So again, excited to be getting movies that I, I value highly on this list. And I'm going to go with, um, well, I, I'll say, similar to what Joey said earlier, I, I don't know if Ben Stiller gets enough credit for all the comedy he brought to the screen in this decade. I mean, he was uh, the main man. And uh, there was one of, I think, one of my favorite performances from Stiller is his performance as Derek Zoolander in (laughs) Zoolander. Oh, man. This movie absolutely skewers the fashion industry, which is an industry I already think is kind of ridiculous. And his portrayal as the dim-witted fashion model who's at the top of his game uh, with his his signature look, Blue Steel, uh, is just... And then it it takes that as like a jumping off point and evolves into this international assassination attempt uh, where he's trying to be... 
being hypnotized by Will Ferrell's character into uh, taking part in this ploy. Uh, this movie is full of hilarious moments, almost all of them at the expense of beautiful people who have uh, nothing going on between their ears. Uh, I, I think this it, I, this movie is so funny. Uh, every time I'm at the gas station, I think about having a sexy gasoline spraying uh, montage <laughs> with my sexy friends before we all explode. Uh, so this this movie uh, is is one of my favorites and um, one that uh, yeah has another quote that I feel like I hear a lot, which is the "Is this thing for ants? Is this a what is this a museum for ants?" And uh, and so I, I'm a big fan of Zoolander, which is why it's my fourth round pick. I've never seen Zoolander, uh, nor have I seen Hot Fuzz, which is why I was quiet for that. But uh, I didn't know that's where the blank for ants meme came from. That's that's good to know. What I like this? to I like finding out where these things come from uh, when they're so so in the zeitgeist, but not. I call in that the- meme javu. <laughs> okay i like it yeah the the this the thing i'm pretty sure what he was looking at there is what ended up becoming the Derek zoolander center for kids who can't read good and want to learn to do other stuff good too that's right so, he should be uh, at least three times bigger <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. not to uh, mention i know I, I name dropped uh will ferrell but also owen wilson is in this movie right. as well uh so you got that that uh trio there I, I think Zoolander is a, a brilliant comedy. Uh, again, another gem in um, uh, Ben Stiller's constellation of comedies from this era. Um, the twist at the end where he turns right, right, um, for the first time is hilarious. <laughs> and the, and the, the adherence to detail throughout the movie where he's always, whenever he has to turn right before then, he's spinning 270 degrees in order to walk through doors <laughs> is really, really good. Um, it's a, um, yeah, it's it's just it's just really fun stuff and honestly it's even though it makes fun of these like kind of vapid people there's still a lot of heart to ben stiller's character and there's a lot like where he wants to do good and wants to be better than he is but he's like right he's sort of pigeonholed into this into this portion of just being used by the industry and um yeah i I, honestly in a way it is sort of an inspiring story of overcoming odds similar to forrest gump but in like a (laughs) but um it is like a you know kind of more lighthearted and stuff one of my favorite gags is when um they tell the whoever it is tells owen wilson that the uh the files we're looking for are in the computer and so he breaks the computer (laughs) open (laughs) like he's a monkey from 2001 (laughs) <laughs> Hilarious. I mean, Forrest Gump is one of my favorite movies. So if, if there's if it's related to him, then I might have to. <laughs> if you're if you're looking for movie. movies where the main character is is has like a similar amount of brain cells, then, then go for <laughs> oh, okay. this one. But it's not it's not that similar. In, in oh, movie. okay. No, not at all. <laughs> oh, that's my bad then. Uh, all right. So for my next pick, I was actually watching this movie right before we got on, and Corey saw me watching it. Uh, so Ben Stiller's gotten a lot of love <laughs> so far in this episode. I think another actor who I think deserves more love is uh, Steve Carell. And I think one of the most iconic comedies of the early 2000s was 40-Year-Old Virgin. Uh, ah. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I, you know, speaking of people who are left out, uh, <laughs> you know, in, in the movie 40-Year-Old Virgin, uh, <laughs> You know, Andy, his character, he's 40s, a virgin, and he has all this free time, doesn't really have many friends, and his friends at the store, you know, invite him to a poker game, and 
and then they find out that he's a virgin and they and they once they find out they do whatever it takes to help Andy with his problem and his awkwardness and and you know finding a woman to to get with and I don't know I I like buddy comedies uh I like like what uh Joey mentioned buddy cop movies uh comedies that involve adventures but I also like sex comedies too and I think Four Year Virgin was definitely a movie that stood out uh in this era no, I don't want your giant box of porn. <laughs> <laughs> um, my one of my favorite things from that movie is when they're using the fluorescent lights <laughs> and smashing them on each other. Oh, yeah. Super dangerous, but I've always wanted to do that. I've always wanted to <laughs> smash someone with a with a uh, a uh, um, fluorescent light. Um, I just bought yeah. these pants. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this movie is it kind of falls into that like category of like you know this era especially since it's like it's uh um focus and sort of elevation of sex as a rite of passage um i think i don't know what the damage that's done to our society or not but it certainly has like affected a lot of young men um so it's it's interesting to see that kind of i don't know uh but kind of humanized in this movie um uh but it's I would say not one of my favorites, Brian. Sorry. That's okay. I I, uh, I have it. I, it, it was definitely a late round pick, and you know because of uh, other choices being taken, like like uh, like Mean Girls and School of Rock and Wedding Crashers. Like I've had to, I've had to look at other plan Plan Bs. This is I, yet I, another movie I haven't seen, uh, but I, I I kind of would contest that Steve Carell needs more love. I mean, The Office is is so so loved and people just keep talking about it have still. you seen it's, those I'm, charts about like shows popularity after they end like the no. office is the only one that's like maintained yeah. any sort of like relevance everything else is just dropped off it's crazy and people still love people watch that show all the time i've i've seen several places that like people don't ask if you've seen the office they ask if you watch the office because it's like something that people just (laughs) (laughs) but it's also like steve carell now and like you know good for him he is still successful and he's getting more into dramatic roles too which Mm -hmm. i haven't really seen but it uh, presumably he's doing well if he if he's getting cast in them the morning show Uh, is like one example where he plays like just like a really bad person and it's like not in like the fun michael scott way it's very much a a drama um, I recently, we just did an episode about Jurassic Park and to access Jurassic Park, I went through Peacock, which I hadn't used Peacock ever before. And I found out about the Office Superfan episodes, which are the episodes where they bring back the portions that were cut out to make it short enough for uh, the the runtime for television to make room for the ads. So now you can rewatch all your favorite episodes, but now they're longer there's about eight minutes of new content per wow. episode so oh, wow. you've already seen it nine times well you haven't seen these eight minutes so <laughs> time to get started it's so, uh, honestly dangerous that's uh I'm, I'm trying to resist but there it was it all it was almost brand new i'm relieved that when you said super fan episodes i was thinking fan made i'm just very relieved <laughs> to hear that's not the case so I feel like Brian's comment that was more about just not picking a lot of movies in this draft about Steve Carell. Yeah, no, that's fair. Carell. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I have the 40-year-old version of my top 10, personally. I, I think that this is a, a very funny movie, and um, I was very much prepared to take it at some point here. I think that this draft has gone, like, completely off the wall compared to my draft <laughs> board. Like, I still have some very high picks up there, but uh, this is one that I think definitely should have been 
somewhere included in here because I do think it's just one of the more iconic movies, uh, comedy films in particular from that that decade. So, uh, I guess just speaking of having movies high up on my list, I was between two movies in the third round. I went with one that I like slightly more, even though I don't know if it's quite as like famous and just popular, but. The other one's still on the board here, so I'm just going to take it in the fourth round. That's old school. And uh, this is a movie I didn't see for the first time until late 2020, but I think that uh, instantly I was like, all right, this is just a really funny movie. And it's one of those where, like, it it definitely has some some concepts to it that, you know, maybe aren't as, as great. Um, you know, the whole, like, fraternity aspect. Like, there's a lot of hazing in this one. Like, there's probably a lot of things that don't go over as well. Uh, but I just think, like, when you just look at some of the comedy of it, I'm a huge Will Ferrell fan. I think Frank the Tank is just a hilarious character when he's just like, oh, no, I, I got to do some of my wife the next day. I'm not going to drink. And then it turns into him streaking down the, the roads of their, their town. Um, I think this is the first Luke Wilson inclusion. You know, we've definitely had some Owen Wilson, but I think this was back when Luke was the bigger Wilson brother, which is kind of crazy to think about. And um, I, you have Jeremy Piven in this. This is before um, Entourage. And in that role, Ari Gold is very different than like uh, <laughs> Dean Dean Gordon Pritchard in this one so and I also like didn't realize it when I first watched the movie because I didn't watch Entourage yet but uh Ari's wife you know Mrs. Ari in uh in Entourage is Will Ferrell Frank the Tank's wife in this movie um so I I thought that was kind of interesting to see so uh this is one that I I personally had a first round grade on it just thinking of you know purely like you know blockbuster comedies of the 2000s so I'm I'm very happy to get in the fourth round. Uh I haven't seen this one either. If I pick something that I haven't seen, then I won't have seen a single movie in this round. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> In well, fact, I, don't I guess know if uh, I've heard complete of this the movie. complete the trifecta or the the pentecta, <laughs> I guess. Uh, I don't know. Does it, did anyone have anything to to add to that before I? All right. Um, well, I'll be honest with you. So, I have I I ranked the movies how I how I liked them, and I I ranked a lot of uh, animated movies highly because I was under 10 years old for half of this decade uh and it turns out that a lot of animated movies also get very good uh ratings from from critics um but again i don't need to i don't need to go down that go down that road uh and i've decided that i'm going to just have as diverse of a uh draft as possible uh given given the spread i have so far and as I said, one of the ways I, I tried to calculate this draft was was what I called the power rankings, which was how I expected you all to draft these movies. And the very last movie I expected to be drafted by any of you is going to be my my round four pick. Uh, it's a it's a Bollywood film called Three Idiots, which I don't has anyone seen it? No, but I have a poster of like movies like a scratch off poster of movies and three idiots is on there and i don't know anything about it it's excellent it's uh so i've done a really poor job of of explaining the movies i've picked but three idiots is essentially about uh three friends in college in uh in i believe it's delhi and it i it's i think it's a very well done movie it's it's very funny but it tackles really serious things as well like students at the university 
uh, dying by suicide and, uh, you know, it handles those heavy moments. Well, it doesn't, it's not like, haha, you know, this, this is funny that it happened, obviously. Um, it, you know, it's not afraid to take a moment and be serious and it's a Bollywood film. So it's, uh, it's quite long, uh, 170, nearly three hours. Um, but that allows it to take these moments, you know, have really hilarious scenes and then be like, okay, you know, something serious happened. We're going to, we're going to take our time on that scene, which I think is something that Bollywood films do a lot. Uh, I know recently RRR has, has kind of come into the mainstream. Great movie. I actually, I haven't seen it. Love actually. RRR. One of my favorite movies last year, if, except for Everything Everywhere All at Once, it would have been my favorite movie all. Yeah, I mean Everything Everywhere. It's not what it's what we're about here, but that movie was phenomenal. But no, I haven't seen RRR um, as of yet. But Three Idiots, uh, it does it does a really the the formatting of the movie is really fun because it it's split between the present day and then the college days, so it's about a ten year difference and essentially one of the friends has has disappeared they don't know where he is um and you know you you find that out at the beginning and then you watch their time in college and what they're going through and i just think it's a really well-made movie it's 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 funny uh it's very funny and it has a great cast of characters but like i say it also handles serious topics well um sounds and similar Bal- to the hangover the <laughs> three three uh, friends exactly. and you lose I can someone see, yeah <laughs> Uh, it, it does predate the hangover. Um, I think actually it might not. In fact, actually I was looking at this, I think, yeah, it actually does not predate the hangover. This barely makes the cut. This came out in India, December 25th, 2009. Ooh, I think the U S wow. release might've even been 2010, but it, I don't care about that. It released in uh, India that counts. <laughs> but so, released yeah. And, world. uh, Bollywood films are also very well known for their, musical numbers which this only has a few it's actually relatively light with the musical numbers but frankly i think they hit it out of the park with the ones they do uh they have a song in it called zuby doobie which is which is just a just a real real bop um but i highly recommend this movie i believe it's on netflix um but i i just think i it does it does it has everything it has you know great friendship dynamic and and you get to watch their friendships grow it has romance it has tragedy it has character development it's just really great all around uh and it was ranked pretty low on my board because like i say i didn't expect anyone else to 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 go with it but i do i definitely think it's worth uh checking out and giving a shot well kenny i'm gonna give this movie the highest uh praise i can which is that i'm definitely gonna watch this you've convinced me to watch it and all right we should probably do it on the podcast benjamin hey uh, we should hey, have kenny on for it yeah I mean, it's, i'll it's, definitely come back for there it there we go yeah. excellent all right book it it's a date <laughs> what do you know joey's uh, not an we... outcast anymore <laughs> <laughs> no, well we'll no, invite you too brian, brian and yeah. we'll leave Corey out and then we'll you'll all be okay. <laughs> <laughs> last round yeah so for my uh for my fifth round pick to round out to skip just all of these animated movies skipping over so many of them uh gonna gonna do one last genre let me just uh let me just quickly check wikipedia to make sure that this is listed as a comedy even though it certainly is listed as a musical romantic comedy uh going with hairspray hairspray uh, the 2007 <laughs> musical film uh i recently discovered how much i love musicals 
uh, and and musical songs, the productions, uh, and musical movies. And Hairspray uh, is no exception. I didn't see it until either late last year or early this year, but I think it's the the songs in it are really great. Uh, it it brings you back to uh, sort of the 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 era in the movie, which to be frank, I don't even know exactly what era it is, but it I know the feel. Nineteen sixties Baltimore. Nineteen sixties Baltimore. Good morning, Baltimore is phenomenal. Great, oh my great gosh. opening track. When she's riding in the garbage truck. <laughs> uh, I I love Hairspray. I think it's a fantastic musical. Well, ahead, so, so I went back. I went back and listened to because I I listened to a lot of musical soundtracks uh, because I don't have you know it's easier than going to see a lot of musicals. The Good Morning Baltimore, in my opinion, is far better in the movie than in the original musical. The, I didn't listen to the entire musical soundtrack for this one, uh, but Good Morning Baltimore in the movie is is great, and in the musical is fine but in the movie when uh when she's singing oh 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 she's singing it and in the musical she's she's she she almost sounds like constipated i don't really know what they're going for uh but it, it it's interesting but yeah it's a it's a great movie uh the casting of john travolta is interesting there's history behind it uh <laughs> yes it's john travolta plays the the mother um which is which is interesting but it's it's something like this was I think this was a movie and then a musical and then a movie, if I remember correctly. And in every iteration, the mother has been played by a man. Right. Um, yeah. Okay. Based on Broadway musical of the same name, which is in turn based on John Walter's 1988 comedy film. And so there's, you know, I, when I saw John Travolta come on the screen, I I thought it was going to take me out of the movie, but it does a little bit. But honestly, I think that he does a pretty good job. Uh, he isn't the best singer in the movie, but I don't think it really takes away from the soundtrack either. And, uh, I think everyone in the movie does a great job. Uh, Zach Efron is in it. He does a great job as well. Uh, great songs, great soundtrack. I still listen to it from time to time, uh, without watching the movie. And I think it is a great movie to have my musical love, uh, represented on my draft list. Yeah, a powerful movie about inclusion, uh, about um, diversity as well. Um, in the 1960s, right? Um, it's a no, it's it's something special, I think, and it is in many ways sort of satirical, right? It's like it's not taking itself very seriously, um, but it it's uh, it, the the entire thing is so heartfelt. It's so um, it's so genuine in that, even though it's sort of poking fun at like what a traditional musical might do. Um, and that's because our lead doesn't really look like a normal, like traditional, like a beautiful woman, right? I mean, she's she's uh, beautiful in her in her own way, but she doesn't fit that standard, uh, you know, beauty ideal. And she's wonderful. She's amazing, electric on screen. And seeing um, how many ways they like break your expectations and then endear you to these characters, I think it's uh, fantastic. Great choice, Kenny. Thank you. Um, I have personally never seen Hairspray. I've, I've definitely heard a lot about it. it and uh, I was shaking my head when Joey started talking about inclusion because I was prepared for him to come back <laughs> oh, at me. Corey. But, you know, he I didn't take it that direction. I feel, yeah, I, I, I feel wrong now. <laughs> but, <laughs> Corey shaking his head at inclusion. Everyone remember yes. that. <laughs> um, so anyway, my last pick, I'm really between three movies here. I've kind of spent 
you know, this this time of the, the hairspray thinking about how I want to go about this. And um, these three movies, one of them I really like, and I would probably put it above the other two. Another one, I'm kind of in the middle between thinking I really or I like this movie, but it's also just like such a classic, iconic movie this time period. And then a third one where I don't like it as much as other people, but some will put it as high as their favorite you know, raunchy comedy movie. And it's really just a matter of which one do I think most needs to be on the board. And I'm just going to go straight up pandering with this one. And I'm going to take Step Brothers, my last pick. Uh, I I like Step Brothers. I I like it, but it's like, I don't love it as much as other people. But at the same time, there's like some very funny moments in this one. I I think it's it's just a ridiculous movie. Another, um, you know, Will Ferrell, John C. Riley, just like adult children is really the whole concept of this one. And... Um, yeah, I mean, uh, the, the whole like, uh, you know, bunk bed scene, the, uh, the, the drum set, I will say I'm very critical of this movie and how I feel like it's made shark week a thing. And most people <laughs> wouldn't care about shark week, but every year it's like shark people have to pretend like they like shark week because of Step Brothers. That's, that's my, one of my bigger cheeks on this one. Um, uh, I think the, <laughs> the whole concept when, um, it's not, uh, Brennan's dad, but, uh, Dale's dad, he starts talking about when he was a little boy, how he wanted to be a dinosaur and he would just like run around with like short arms, just like such a ridiculous comment. I, I love that one. Big fan of Billy Joel. So I appreciate the strictly 80 Joel's band that they have have playing at the fucking Catalina wine mixer. I mean, there's just so much <laughs> iconic moments of this movie that it's just like, whatever, this is my fifth round pick. I would have taken it higher. I, some people probably put it in the first round. They're like, wow, this could be the seal of the draft, depending on who's looking at the draft board. So let's just get it out there and I'll walk away with five R rated comedies among a <laughs> slew of animated and PG films. Well, well I, definitely I will have say, a very Corey, specific genre here. Yes. Corey. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You're all of a kind. Well, yeah, I will honestly, say people are going to look at this draft and say, how did Step Brothers end up in the fifth round? Um, I, especially if you're just talking about iconic comedies from this decade, Step Brothers is way, way up there. Um, and I've kind of tried to stick to what's valuable to me. Personally, mm-hmm. Step Brothers uh, is not necessarily my flavor of comedy. Uh, I do think it's funny, but it's like not going to be in my top uh, list. But um, you're right. There's so many things in this movie that echo throughout culture even now. If I had a dollar for every time I've seen people make a passing acquaintance with somebody, find one thing unique, and then ask them, "Did we just become best friends?" <laughs> uh, you know that that line is so iconic, and so much, uh, so many other things about this movie. Um, one of my favorite worldwide. things. Yeah, and one of my favorite things about it is uh, like it's a line that I use in my life too. Whenever somebody asks me why I'm sweaty, I go, "Oh, I was watching Cops." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like when they uh, uh, when they go for their job interview, and it's like, actually, we'll be interviewing as a team. We're here to fuck shit up, and then <laughs> and then they go into their interview, and they, you know, Oprah, Barbara Walters, your wife. You gotta fuck one, marry one, kill one. Go. <laughs> you turn you turn the interview interview to the interviewer. You ask the questions to the interview. I, I'm not saying you got to ask that specific question, but I don't know the idea of uh, turning it on to the interviewer. I think is a funny idea, and yeah. and, doing, I, uh, and doing an interview with your with your brother or friend or stepbrother. <laughs> I would be more powerful if I had someone to follow me around and hype me up. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to watch R-rated movies. Uh, 
when this came out and and looking back if i'd asked my parents they probably wouldn't have cared but i had it in my head that i wasn't allowed to so a friend lent me this dvd and i i kept it in my room and then one day when my parents left i and i was home alone i watched it uh i liked it it was good i am surprised it fell to the fifth round uh and Corey, honestly you're looking at your movies it's exactly what i would expect from you. it's like there's a there's a certain there's a certain genre of movie uh-huh. that's like oh, this is the kind of movie we would watch at Corey's house in high school, and all <laughs> yes. of your movies are that. In fact, I think I've seen maybe 15 minutes of Superbad, uh, for example, and that was in your living room. I remember <laughs> that seeing makes sense. that. Yeah. But it wasn't at the beginning, so I was like, I don't know what's going on. I'm not going to bother mm-hmm. paying attention to this. Uh, but no, it's it's a. I think it's a solid movie, and it's, you know, for for this kind of draft, I think it probably is a steal in round five. I mean, the only thing, uh, the only change, I guess it's my fault, is that uh, since Corey likes the Hangover more, like we, we can, can we do trades in the in this draft? Yeah, just swap. Like, just swap. Too, I mean, like, yeah, easily take... could have just done that. But... Well, I didn't think it would be taken, which is what, like I knew you would take the Hangover, but I didn't think you. Honestly, take I was between Old School and Wedding Crashers at that point, and I took Wedding Crashers because you took the Hangover from me. Right, so, so like, we oh, just screwed each other over. Just revenge pitch. Yeah, <laughs> and then I'm getting Old School in the fourth round, so. Yeah. yeah right, so I guess you played so that right then. You're up. Uh, All right. I'm going to go with... Uh, this is a movie that I highly doubt any of you have seen. Uh, so I've mentioned that when it comes to comedies, I like I like buddy comedies. I like comedies that involve adventure. Uh, I'm also a sucker for, sucker for romantic comedies. And and ones that have like a really good idea for a movie, and the movie's called What Women Want. It stars Mel oh, Gibson. Oh, Mel Gibson. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you. So one person. At least one I've person. I've seen that movie seen multiple times, and I don't know why. <laughs> um. So I know this one's a little off the board, and then probably it probably isn't viewed publicly uh, as good as the other choices that we've picked. But it's one that I personally enjoy a lot. Uh, just the idea of so. You know, in the, in the beginning of the movie, he's so he's an advertising executive, and he's a little show, uh, chauvinistic, and he's kind of he kind of has a big ego, and it's completely fantasy. But what happens is when he's at home, and and he's uh you know like drying his hair or whatever, he all of a sudden electrocutes himself by accident, and. The next day he wakes up and he can hear people's thoughts, but specifically he can hear women's thoughts. And uh, throughout the movie, I don't know, I, I I think it's a really funny, entertaining movie and a great concept. And I like the character development of Mel Gibson's character uh, in his role in this movie. And have you seen the uh, follow-up? What I have not seen what, what <laughs> I've never seen the follow-up movie. Tracy though. Morgan? No, I, I, have, I have not seen the follow-up movie, but but obviously I've seen this movie. I, uh, as I said, I had one of my, one of my rankings was how I expected people to pick. And of my 102 movies, this was number 99. I did not expect this movie to come up at all. Wow. Okay. Uh, it must've, it must've been like on cable a lot because I, I have seen this movie multiple times and never, never sat down like, Oh, I want to watch what women want, but it, I've seen it several times. Like it must've come up on TV and I just was bored. Uh, uh, yeah, but it was it was a solid movie. It was it you know it didn't didn't make didn't make anywhere near the top of my list. But I I don't I don't mind. It's it a movie a, that I, again I know either. publicly it's not viewed uh, right. as highly as someone like me views it, uh, which is why I picked it last. 
Okay. Well, then I think it's time for my final pick. And um, I've done it, guys. I've stayed in my top 10. You might even say <laughs> he's done it. Right. You guys should be saying that about me because um, I'm going to stay here in my top 10 list. And uh, my, my final pick is going to be The Emperor's New Groove. Wow. Um, I know Kenny kind of tipped towards it earlier. He, <laughs> he mentioned it uh, being on his uh, one of his power rankings to some degree. But um, I love this uh, animated film. You know, it's about young Cusco on his 18th birthday. He has big plans to build a summer home right on top of an existing village. Very inconsiderate. Uh, you know, there's this whole amazing opening sequence where he's, you know, grooving around in his palace and being very unforgiving to people and very inconsiderate to the people of his kingdom. Uh, this old person, like, kind of bumps into him and then he says, You threw off my groove. And then that guy gets tossed out of the palace, like, off a cliff, essentially, for, like, the uh, offense of throwing off the emperor's groove. Um, and the title is really appropriate because the movie is about Cusco's transformation, not just from human into llama, um, <laughs> but also from uh, selfish, individualistic tyrant to understanding and um, like, you know, more or less caring uh, ruler, uh, something less <laughs> uh, imposing because uh, the, the, People who are responsible for saving him, and in particular the person who's responsible for saving him, is Pacha, uh, who is who lives in that village that Cusco wants to destroy. And um, Pacha's friendship, and uh, you know the way that he shows Cusco that he loves his family, uh, it helps to get uh, Cusco to change who he is. And eventually, when he's turned back into a human and you know returns to being uh, the emperor, he goes in a different path and decides that instead of building that giant home, he's going to build a quaint uh, little house on the hill next to Pacha's family's house uh, with a big old swimming pool that he'll share with the community. It's very heartwarming and heartwarming and not just being a heartwarming story. It's also got incredible voice acting um, from our uh, our cast here. David Spade as Cusco, Patrick Warburton as Kronk, John Goodman as Pacha, and Eartha Kitt as Yzma, the, uh, the, the kind of scheming uh, evil sorceress who is responsible for the uh, animal transformations in this film. So many hilarious scenes. So uh, very self-aware and witty humor, um, but and also really great animation sequences. If you want to get a taste of the Emperor's New Groove, go YouTube the scene where they're in the restaurant uh, because there's so there's. Uh, kind of a who's on first type comedy uh, that happens with people walking into the kitchen and changing the order for Kronk because, uh, after or, or actually before Kronk becomes the chef it's the chef himself but he gets he quits because of all the changes to the orders and then Kronk goes in there and starts whipping it up and Kronk is such a lovable henchman I mean I just love the characters in this film and uh, it's 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 one of the best animated films of this decade and it's why I'm proud to have it as my fifth round pick Patrick Warburton, incredible voice actor. I love him. He's so good as Kronk. Oh my yeah. gosh. Well, I, I love Kronk. He's he's the best. Well, I, I think it I think it speaks volumes that the probably the most famous, most iconic, most popular character from this movie, I think is the third best character in the movie. I would put I would put both Cusco and Pacha over Kronk, but Kronk is just so iconic. Uh and not to this isn't meant as a flex, uh more as a more as a demonstration of how poorly I set up my draft board. But Benjamin, w w you picked Shrek too, but otherwise I could have stayed in my top six on my draft board. Wow. Uh, which which I, <laughs> this would have been, 
this would have been my last pick because I have Emperor's New Groove at number six, and it's the highest uh, highest two D animated uh, comedy film I have on here. Just eking out, hopefully not stepping on Joey's toes here. Just eking out Lilo and Stitch. Um, but Emperor's Emperor's New Groove also had a, a, a I thought at the time a really good spin off uh, series, Emperor's New School, which I would uh, that was in my my shows that I watched when I would get up early before school it would be on and amazingly they did not have David Spade uh Cusco is voiced instead by JP Minot I think is how you say the name who I know mostly as Vice Principal Hackett from Phil of the Future but they did have Patrick Warburton and Eartha Kitt in the series which is pretty wow, crazy to me that they kept them yeah. uh on the on the cast list for for the Disney Channel series uh, but yeah, every th- I echo everything you said, Benjamin. Excellent, excellent film. Uh, got a lot of good stuff in there. Love a good heartwarming ending, and uh, yeah, very solid round five pick. Yeah, Kenny and I both had Ember's New Groove in our top five Disney movies when we did that a couple years ago, and also love how Ben kind of wrapped his two together. Uh, Napoleon Dynamite to start, Ember's New Groove at the bottom. Both have llamas prominently in the film. So. <laughs> wow. That's true. Look at that. yeah. You know, you fat lord. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and the final pick, Joey. Well, I, if I had known I was got to do this, then I would have picked last first. Um, But um, (laughs) I get to name off all the movies that I would have picked uh, (laughs) as my last. So, um, some honorable mentions: uh, Get Smart, uh, The Men Who Stare at Goats, Princess Diaries, Monsters Inc., um, Oh Brother, Where Out Thou. Um, but yes. the one that's going to top the list here, uh, the, because I have the best joke written for it, is uh, Kung Fu Panda. Uh, oh Kung Fu Panda is more than a fun kids movie about a panda that learns martial arts. It's a tale of acceptance told on an epic scale. Poe is a lumbering, clumsy fool that inadvertently inherits the legacy of the dragon warrior. His unique body shape and penchant for food make him easy to underestimate, but with the right encouragement, he flourishes, becoming the very thing needed to stop the coming apocalypse. Although the chosen hero story is played out, Kung Fu Panda offers a new perspective, one that celebrates diversity and stretches the limits of imagination to show you some of the coolest animated martial arts ever conceived. These movies are epic. Their stakes are so high. Their action so magnified and intense. Every push, every pull and punch is accentuated. At every moment, it feels like art director Tang Kang Hang thought, this is the coolest thing I can do right here. What is the coolest thing I can do right here? And he did exactly that. Amazing, entertaining, and worthy of any best of list. The twist near the climax that the scroll of the Dragon Warrior is in fact blank really resonated with me. It reminded me of when Corey didn't include me in the group chat for this podcast. At first, like Master Shifu, I was confused and angry, but then I realized this was all its all about perception. By excluding me, Corey was signaling to my, uh, my unique contribution to this podcast, illuminating me as the man to beat, and that everyone else would need to use every advantage in order to overcome the power of my list. There you go. <laughs> You know, as as the big movie guy, the uh, the expectations are always very high on you. So, <laughs> I like that you mentioned Get Smart as an honorable mention because that's another great Steve Carell comedy movie. Definitely, yes. I realized just to throw out one honorable mention here. I realized when uh, when Joey picked Hot Fuzz that another movie that was not on that Wikipedia list I looked at was was Hot Rod. Yeah, uh, Andy oh, Samberg. Hot Rod. I love that, that movie. Hot funny. Rod is so funny. You know how many times funny. I say cool beans every day? <laughs> uh, you know, I probably wouldn't have ended up picking it, especially once I decided to diversify my list as much as I could. But yeah, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Hot Rod. It has some, some great comedy. 
uh, Andy Samberg rolling down a hill for I think oh over a minute. Oh my gosh! It's, I, it's I my gut got busted the first time I watched that. I was crying. I yeah, could not too. breathe the first time I saw that sequence. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was shocked that Hot Rod didn't end up getting picked here. Uh, when you said Hot Fuzz, like that was the first thing that came to mind. Yeah. It's like oh Hot Rod, and like and then, oh no no, it's a totally different movie. Yeah, some of y'all need to see the Cornetto Three Flavors trilogy, by the way. So <laughs> yeah. I don't. What's the third movie here? Uh, World's End. The World's End. Mm. I haven't seen any of them. I'll check them out. Maybe you should. And then listen to our podcast about them. Yes. Yeah. Watch podcast. them in order. I would say they're not like serial, so right, you can watch them right. in any order. But I would recommend watching them in order. Um, I guess while we're mentioning, uh, you know. Uh, honorable mentions uh, i want to throw out pineapple express yes that, that was, was so when i was down to my last three pineapple express was my personal pick but i was like we got to have Step Brothers on here uh but i was <laughs> i'm disappointed pineapple express wasn't chosen it was in my top 10 it was i actually Same. leapfrogged that to get emperor's new groove because i felt like i had a better uh, pitch for it um nacho libre another uh jack black one that one i know a lot of people who hate that movie but i really enjoyed it um and then i'll throw one more out there freaky friday yes oh, I like freaky friday, friday was on my list too yeah. yeah that's a good one i was gonna say that um uh if i was to switch bodies with Corey, i would have added myself to the group chat <laughs> I, well i know you did yeah <laughs> um and then like the other movie that i was like this I think of this movie when I think of comedy movies of the 2000s is Anchorman. I mean, that's another one that's just a classic. And um, I was definitely prepared to talk about that. I will say I had plenty of movies that aren't R-rated lower down on my list. Just a few to go through. Yes, (laughs) I did. No, I I totally did. Some of them were taken. I mean, Dodgeball and Talladega Nights were chosen before I would (laughs) have taken them. I uh, didn't pick Mean Girls as well. Um, I also had... Legally Blonde. Mm. Yeah, Legally accepted. Blonde was on my mentions. Yeah, yep. She's the Man. Yep, uh, She's the Man's a good one. What about Dude, had... Where's My Car? Dude, Where's My Car? Yeah, I watched that for the first time. It was like right before graduating college. It was in uh, Benjamin's apartment. And I was like, "This, what is this movie? <laughs> I've never heard of it before. That's a great one. Um, and then also Kicking and Screaming. That's one of my favorite oh, I love Will Ferrell movies. Yes. Like, yeah, I mean, Elf is my favorite of his like, you know, family friendly genre, but kicking and screaming. I, I, I think that's such a funny movie. Um, did you mention, yeah. uh, since it's on my honorable mention list, uh, and Corey's mentioned like 17 Will Ferrell movies, uh, <laughs> didn't mention blades of glory. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I never saw Blades I've of Glory. I think yeah. Blades you've of never Glory's seen Blades of Glory. Reference in no, uh, that Kanye it. song is the height of that movie. I, <laughs> I didn't like it. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, wow. Me in the minority <laughs> of liking a Will Ferrell movie. That's that's wild. I, I usually love Will Ferrell movies. That, that's not one that I ever like took at the time to see i might like it if i i did watch it but you know it just never I, I, Elf, came across I, my Elf viewing for me experience. like kenny mentioned earlier that that for me personally that's uh my favorite will ferrell movie if, and even, yeah, though it's, I, I even though it's like the one will ferrell movie that's not an r movie <laughs> yeah that and kicking and screaming oh, we got seven minutes left in this recording kevin or um cory yes yes so i think at this point we can kind of wrap it up i did just get the alert here um so just kind of go back through our draft board just to give uh you know folks listening a reminder kenny had shrek elf school of rock three idiots and hairspray 
I had Super Bad, Wedding Crashers, Zombie Land, Old School, and Sep Brothers. Brian had Dodgeball, The Hangover, Bruce Almighty, The Forty Year Old Virgin, and What Women Want. Benjamin had Napoleon Dynamite, Shaun of the Dead, Shrek 2, Zoolander, and The Emperor's New Groove. And finally, last but not least, stressing on that, Joey had <laughs> Tropic Thunder, Mean Girls, Talladega Nights, Hot Fuzz, and Kung Fu Panda. So we'll have a graphic up at some point during the week when this is released. Uh, we'll have some sort of you know audience polling. We'll look to see what people think about this. Um, so definitely look out for those on Twitter at He's Done It Pod. Same thing as Instagram. Guess real quickly, if you guys want to get some plugs, let's start with Kenny, C-Team Podcast. Uh, yeah, you can listen to the C team anywhere you listen to podcasts. We, uh, it's just, just three of us just talking about a different topic every week, very loosely. Uh, we've had, we've had Benjamin on, uh, before and quite recently we had Corey on. Uh, yeah, it's, there's really not a lot to say about the show, but there it is. (laughs) And then Benjamin and Joey with Affable Chat. Yep, Affable Chat is a weekly movie review podcast. We review movies every week, and you can too. Uh, If you want to join us, uh, go to affablechat.com for more details. Yes, also the Twitch stream is... uh a fun thing to, to get well I, I don't mean to like uh, have to re-announce this uh, everywhere <laughs> i go but we've actually uh we're on hiatus with the twitch stream so oh i didn't realize that okay take Good a break went off the bank. go check out our Survivor recent ones. video uh yeah the Dick last Day. stream was one for the books so yeah. i recommend checking out the vod um but yeah right now that uh, otherwise i would have i would have mentioned it myself okay All right, so that'll do it for this episode. Thank you all for joining. Glad we finally were able to do this. Definitely had a lot of fun. Brian and I will be back to our usual sports programming as the NBA playoffs, Stanley Cup playoffs, and just sports in general continue to happen. So for my guest hosts, Joey Went, Benjamin Carlson, and Kenny Cashman, my regular co-host, Brian Wells, I'm Corey Novotny. Thanks, everyone.